This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com So you went duck hunting. It all came together and you've got ducks on the ground. You've cheered, taken pictures, and what do you do now? On this episode, I'm going to talk about how you field dress, clean, and cook those ducks. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanitas, and today we are talking about cleaning and cooking ducks. Now, you may be listening to this episode proactively, uh, which would be my preference before you start duck hunting, or I'm sure there's probably a number of people, you've got some ducks in the truck right now and you're trying to figure out what do you do when you get home. So you teed this up on your phone and you are listening to this episode on the drive home or some kind of scenario like that. In either event, this is going to help you and give you the, the tips and the tools and some of the knowledge that you need to get started and make some good decisions from this point forward. And I can tell you, it is not that difficult. Ducks are way easier to clean and take care of than a lot of other game animals. Take deer, for example. Lot more work right there. Even a turkey, lot more work. But ducks, they're small and they're easy to manage. So that's what we're going to talk about today. What do you do? But first, I want to give my shout out and special thanks to Tetra Hearing. Really appreciate their support. Guys, whenever you go duck hunting, make sure you've got ear protection of some sort. It is absolutely critical. So what do you do? You've got the ducks. You're on your way home. You got home. You start putting your gear away. And you've never brought ducks home before, so they don't have a place to go. What do you do? Well, there's a few different schools of thought, and I cannot tell you which one is the best one. That's up to you and your research and what you're comfortable with and your own risk, to tell you the truth. Uh, so, But I will tell you the different schools of thought, and then you can make decisions based on that information. 
So basically, you start with the freshest, best philosophy. All right, this, this school of thought involves you get home, put your stuff away. First thing you want to do is clean those ducks. Get them taken care of, fresh, 100% done, and you know move on to the next step. Uh, I should also mention, uh, before I go any further, when it comes to field dressing a duck, you don't do anything in the field, right? It's not like a deer. It's not like a big game animal. You don't gut it in the field. You do nothing in the field. You shoot some ducks. I like to grab them, put them in the blind. So, you know, I know where they're at. They're not getting away. No animals are going to walk off with them. They're not going to float away. Get them, throw them in the blind. You're not going to do nothing to them. Well, what if you're in the blind half a day? Doesn't really matter. A whole day, eh, still not a big deal. Throw them in the blind, then take them home. Once you get home, then you're making this decision. You don't have to do anything in the field under regular hunting conditions. Even if it's a relatively warm day, it should be totally fine by the time you get home. Uh, in fact, field dressing them, trying to like gut them and clean them and stuff in the field, it, th there's really no scenario I know of, maybe you know of one, but there's no scenario I know of that the increase in risk is worth any potential benefit. You might say, well, you get the guts out so they don't do anything funky to the meat. Well, that's not really the way it works. Uh, and I'll talk about that more in a moment. You're not getting the guts, the guts out to keep the meat from going funky. People like to take the guts out maybe to keep bacteria from doing something. But if you're taking the guts out in the field, you are opening an entire universe for bacteria to get involved. You are, you're creating all sorts of surface area. Your hands are not clean in the field. You are just creating problems. And now you're, you're until you open that duck, it's a sealed environment, except for a couple bullet holes. It is a sealed environment and bacteria is not getting in there or doing anything crazy in there most circumstances. So you don't need to do anything in the field with a duck. So what you want to do is you get home, you got the duck. So you got fresh is best. What do we do? Let's clean that duck fresh. Then you've got, and I, I don't know if this, I, it may depend on the area. A lot of the people I know of and talk to, um, they are more in this camp and you want to age that duck before you try to clean it and dress it. Now, the idea here is um, basically if you let it age, you know, rigor mortis sits in, it goes out, the feathers loosen a little bit from the skin, it's easier to pluck it. You know, you can do stuff like that. It tenderizes the meat. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's better or not. I've done it. I, I, you know, I'm not to a point where I could tell you either way which one's my favorite. They have their pros and cons. Um, but you're basically going to take that duck, throw it in your fridge for a couple days. And a lot of guys, they just throw them in the corner of the garage for a couple days. Now, man, I don't know if that works. If it's hot in October, I don't know that I would do that. But a lot of guys, this is what they do. And I mean, could be two, three, four, five days, they're just going to age that that duck with the guts in it. Supposedly, it makes no difference. And they just throw them in the corner of the garage for five days. So if you're worried about, oh no, you know, is it going to be okay sitting with a hunting blind or in a bucket till I get home? Yeah, it's going to be fine. Guys are throwing them in the corner of the garage for five days and, and they're surviving. So 
Um, you know, I put them in the fridge for a few days. Now, what, what I use to make that decision on do I process it fresh or am I going to throw it in the fridge for a few days uh, is probably not the same criteria you're going to use. The criteria I use is how tired am I and how busy am I when I get home, right? So if we limit out and, and we're in the truck coming home in time to stop for breakfast at 8 o'clock and I get home at 9, then... You know, I got, might have the whole day ahead of me, might, might, you know, have plenty of energy, might feel like, you know, dressing them all, taking care of it all now. So I'm just going to do that. If I get home, you know, late and it was a long day and we drug gear a long way and all that, you know, I'm probably not going to want to mess with those birds for a couple of days so that I'm going to throw them in the fridge hole. I'll throw them in a garbage bag in the garage fridge. Now, again, another practical thing. Do you have an extra fridge? If it's cold, you could just throw them in the garage. If it's not cold, I don't know that I would throw them in a warm garage for days. I don't know. That's just me. Food safety. I got, you know, little red sirens going off in my brain. But people do it. So, hey, whatever. That's that's up to you guys what you want to do. I would go either clean it immediately or put it in the fridge for a few days. I don't know that I'd give it five, but two or three. Some guys say the longer the better. In fact, if you if you the longer it goes, if you can get it, you know, a week or two before it starts to rot, that's better. Yeah, again, you know, those are opinions. That's some people operate like that. I'm a little bit more food safety conscious myself, so you know, two or three days is probably what I'm looking at. But hey, you make the call. So You've either decided to process that duck fresh or you're going to age it for a couple days using whatever aging environment you have decided is good for you. Then what do you do? Well, uh, there's a couple different ways to go about this. This is the part of the podcast that's easier to show via video, but there's so many different ways to do it that I'd have to make a whole bunch of videos. And I may in the future... But what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain to you guys the generalities of the different approaches. And then in the show notes on the website, newhuntersguide.com, I'm going to put several YouTube videos that other guys have done. And they've done good jobs uh, of different ways they do them, nuances, different approaches, the things that I talk about and some others. And, you know, if you want to see that, which you should, if you've never done this before, I would watch some of the videos you can head to the website, newhuntersguide.com, and check out the videos in the show notes. Uh, so the ways you're going to process it, there's a there's several different major approaches. The first approach is, the, is a no pluck. Okay, I don't want to pluck feathers. They're just going to breast out that bird. So basically what you're going to do is you're just going to pull apart maybe a little bit of the feathers in the skin right around the best, the breast bone, tear the skin, peel it back from either side of the breast, Take a knife and just run it down the ridge of that bone in, in the middle. I think it's the keel bone is what they call it. And you're just going to fillet that breast meat off either side. And then you've got a breast fillet. Simplest way to do it. Uh, I would recommend you also take off the legs. A lot of guys don't like the legs. They say there's not enough meat on the legs. They're not, not tender enough. They're not whatever. It's super easy. You just pull the meat back. You can usually, um, you know, just pull it right over the leg. You're going to want to cut the feet off 
So you're going to bend the foot back, cut the tendon, circle around with the knife, twist the foot right off, pull the skin right over, just like you would a turkey if you've done a turkey or a pheasant even, if you've done a whole pheasant. Uh, and if not, of course, that's why there's videos on the website. So pull that skin right off, and then you can see the thigh, push down on it. You're going to crack that ball joint, take your knife, and you're going to cut off the thigh with the leg. Now that's going to be about the size of a chicken wing, okay? The, the leg on a duck, um, uh, the leg on a mallard anyway, is going to be about the size of a chicken wing, you know, with, with both pieces. Could be, it depends on how big your chicken wing is, I guess. Sometimes chicken wings are enormous and they would be bigger than a mallard leg. But regardless, you can make yourself a bunch of mallard legs. That's a dish. That's a thing. You can do that. It can be delicious. We'll talk about cooking them later. Either way, I like that approach. So the next option, and, and that's pretty much all the meat that you can you can muster off a bird that is, amounts to anything uh, if you're if you're going to do a no pluck. But that's the fastest way, least mess, least work. Get the meat off, and then you can work with it. Next, you've got the 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 plucking techniques. And there's a bunch of different ways you can pluck a duck. Uh, you can use just your fingers. You pull and just roll and tear the feathers up. Uh, I think I'll even link a video of Phil Robertson doing it. He can do it pretty quick. Uh, fair warning, he's got a lot of what I would call non-politically correct commentary as he's doing his video. But that's Phil. You either love it or you don't. And if you don't, don't watch the video. Watch one of the other ones. And... Uh, you know, you can do that pretty fast. Uh, if I can find it, I'll also post a video of a guy who, who plucks an entire duck, I think, in something like a minute or 30 seconds from beginning to end. And what he's doing is actually dipping his fingers in liquid wax and then grabbing those feathers and rolling them and pulling them. And you can get way more leverage doing that. I don't know that I'm to the point where I'm going to dip my fingers in liquid wax because that stuff is hot, but... Man, can he do it fast, and it's pretty outstanding, and you know, people say, oh, you know, it takes me an hour to pluck a duck, I'm like, you're crazy, I would not, if it took me an hour, I just wouldn't ever do it, that's outrageous, none of these guys have taken an hour, you know, Phil Robertson does a couple of them in an eight minute video while he's talking about other stuff, so, you know, you know, you could, I guess you could drag it out, but you don't have to, other ways people do it, they will... They'll take that duck, they will dip the whole duck in liquid wax, wait till it starts to cool and dry just enough to handle, and then they can get good grip and, and tear those feathers off. I don't know that you need to involve wax at any level. Um, you know, some guys that do it, they'll do it if they're processing a lot of ducks, but I, uh, you know, I don't know that it's necessary. Up to you. These are options, things that can help different tools to be in your toolbox for different situations. Maybe you've got some ducks, the feathers come off easier. Others, they do not. And you're looking for some, some extra things you can do. Either way, you're going to pluck all the feathers off. You're going to cut the wings off. There's really no salvageable meat on the wings. By the time you cook it and got it tender enough to eat, it would just basically dissolve. I mean, some people might just gnaw on them or something, you know, but pretty much the wings are, there's not much there. I mean, if the leg on a duck is the size of a chicken wing, then the wing can only be so big on a duck. So you take those off. Again, you're going to cut the feet off. And then you're going to have, uh, you're going to cut the head off. 
This is after you finish plucking. You want to you want to handle the bird before you cut anything off. Get all the feathers off, scrape it down with your knife, do all that work, and then you're going to cut off the wings, you're going to cut off the head, and then you're going to cut off the tail. Now, in order to gut it, all you need to do is make a real small incision, basically from the, the bottom of the breastbone down to the tail, um, right around the skin level. You don't want to just stab in because you don't want to hit the guts. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. And then you just reach in with three fingers, grab the guts, pull them out, throw them away. It's a pretty simple operation. There's not a lot to it. Is it gross? Everything's gross the first two or three times you do it. And then it just becomes part of the operation. <clears throat> Phil states in his video, you know, people go to the grocery store and they see a bunch of chickens or Cornish game hens and they're just sitting there in the package ready to go and they think, oh, it's just magic. They came that way. That's how they grow them. It's like, now somebody did this, you know, quick, gruesome job on every one of them. So there's nothing about it that's, uh, you know, in any way strange or, um, you know, it's just the way of, just the way of the beast. So pull those guts out and then that bird is done. A lot of guys will singe them, just maybe over a grill burner or a gas burner or outside, definitely not inside, outside, singe it over a gas flame because there's these little fine hairs a lot of the time that, you know, I guess leftover of the down feathers on the lower layer. So you can singe those right off and then that bird's cleaner. Then a lot of guys, they'll wash them inside and out. They'll dip them in salt water. They'll soak them for 10 minutes in salt water. Do a couple different rinses on them. Things like that. However far you want to go with that's up to you. There are different schools of thought. Uh, some people, you know, they want to wash them several times. Make sure they're as clean as they could be. Get all the blood out of them. They can get out of them. Other people say every time you do that, you are multiplying the opportunity to spread bacteria and develop bacteria. Um, I'm, I'm of the variety where I'd like to give mine maybe, you know, a good wash or two, but it depends on how dirty it is. It's up to you. You're the, you're the, you're the one doing it, whatever you're comfortable with. So you wash that bird and then it's ready to go. So how are you going to cook them? Now, again, I plan on doing some recipe videos later in the fall. Uh, hopefully we get some good ducks. We can do some nice recipe videos. But, you know, when it comes to cooking duck, you have to realize that a duck is not a chicken, okay? Especially a wild duck is not the same thing as a store-bought chicken. You cannot and should not try to cook duck 
the same way that you cook chicken and expect it to come out similarly. That's just not the way that it works. It's just not the way that it is. Um, Farm-raised ducks will come out closer to chicken. Not the same, but they'll come out closer. But wild ducks, not so much. You don't have the intermuscular fat in a duck that you have in a chicken, uh, a farm, a store-bought chicken. You don't have as much moisture. The, the meat is going to easily get drier. And also with chicken, you're usually trying to cook that to, to well done or well beyond well done, 165 degrees or more. A lot of guys like to cook their duck the same way they do a steak, uh, you know, to whatever doneness, medium or less even. I don't know that I'm big on eating duck medium or medium rare, but a lot of guys, that's the way they do it in order to keep it from drying out, in order to keep it from getting too tough or keep it from getting gamey, so forth and so on. Um, you know, the, the point that's worth making is a store-bought chicken has gone through factory. It has gone through processes. It has gone through different places, shipping, warehousing, storage, eventually a case. So there's a lot of opportunities there for bacteria to be introduced. When you've shot a duck in the wild and brought it home and cleaned it, there's a lot few, and then go ahead and just eat it that day, there's a lot fewer opportunities for bacteria to get involved. So when you're talking about foodborne illness, uh, you know, I think the risk of store-bought poultry is much higher than wild-shot poultry. Um, just because... You know, a lot of that bacteria is introduced and develops and grows and becomes dangerous through this whole process of steps, time, equipment, locations, and so on. So that's one of the reasons why you want to cook store-bought poultry to 165 or more, kill any chance of bacteria and, and all those things. I'm not telling you that there is no chance of bacteria in a wild duck. There certainly is. But I think the risks are less than they are from store-bought. I'm not a food scientist. I don't have degrees in this subject. I've not seen thorough, in-depth research studies on it. But that's my understanding. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. So the way that I recommend you cook duck, there's lots of ways. Okay, there's lots of ways. And it depends on what pieces that you're working with. All right, you can do... You can take, you know, take duck breasts, you can marinate them, you can cook them on the grill. You can wrap them in bacon, a lot of guys like to do that, and then roast them, grill them, fry them, whatever, whatever the approach. You could wrap them and bake them and smoke them. I don't know that you'd smoke the breasts without adding some fat to them, just because they're, they can be very lean. But you, sometimes you get a good migrating bird, and if you got the whole bird, then you're going to have some fat on it, and uh, that can actually add a lot of flavor and moisture to the meat. So, you know, you're going to cook duck, I think, in a lot of similar ways that you might cook venison. Because you're, you're dealing with um, different flavors. You're dealing with a meat that has less moisture. So you're cooking it in different ways, trying to preserve the moisture, trying to not destroy the flavors, but adding the fat that's needed in order to, to get it to cook right and to... To, to keep the meat flavorful and tasty and basted and all those things. So you, you're thinking about it more along those lines. Now you may want to stir fry it in a pan. 
I'm talking about the breasts. You might want to do a stir-fry dish. I think uh, I really want to do a video this fall of a, a cranberry Merlot duck breast recipe where you just take the breast, slice them up into, into little cutlets, you know, cook them up real hot in a pan of some olive oil, and then <clears throat> make your sauce, pour them in, just let them simmer in that sauce for a while until they get tender. Or you could try to, you know, some guys, they like to try to cook them in the sauce just to the point where they reach medium or medium well and serve them. You can do that. Either way works. Um... But you want to try to add, you know, sauces work really good. Adding fats works really good. A lot of times, you know, guys will cook them and then they'll baste them in butter real quick before they serve them. Just to add that little bit of extra moisture to keep them from drying out on the plate as they start to cool and things like that. Um, you know, pro tip here, you know, a lot of guys, you know, don't like to shoot mergansers, coots, other diving ducks. They don't like the taste of them. They think they taste terrible and all these kind of things. I don't know how true that is. I'll be honest with you. I've seen some taste tests that were done and, and some guys couldn't tell the difference. And then I've, you know, I've seen guys and talked to guys that, you know, wouldn't for any sum of money go to, to eat those kind of birds again. Personally, I think a chunk of it's psychological, but if you have a duck or a species of duck, and they won't even consider mergansers to be ducks, though they are, they're a diver. Um, you know, if you have a duck where the, the flavor on that duck is not as good, or everybody says it's not as good, and you don't, you don't feel like taking the risk, what I would recommend you do is you use that meat in part of a highly seasoned dish. So you could put it, make it chili. Okay, you could just slice it up thin, mince it, throw it in a chili, let it cook a long time. All those herbs, spices, flavors. I'd love to do one of those recipes for you guys coming up. You can make a nice chili out of it. You could even add it to other meat if you don't have enough. You know, you could add that to ground beef. You could add it to ground venison. And, and you can make a game chili. Something like that could be an excellent use of a bird where, where the flavor is questionable to you. Other things you can do with a similar bird. You can do a, like an Indian dish. Like, a, you know, merganser tikka masala. Uh, you can do like a cashew chicken with cream sauce and all the Indian spices and things like that. Those kinds of birds will work great in dishes like that. If there was any flavor that was there, then you, you know, you're 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 going it's just going to be completely saturated with all the other flavors. I can tell you what not to do though. I have a great non-story um of of what you should never ever do with a merganser. So the last merg I got, I brought home and I was like, "Okay, Got to try to find a way to to make this bird come out palatable. Now, I had no reason to believe it wasn't palatable. I just read so much on internet forums at that point. I didn't know what I was doing. So I thought, okay, what is the best way to kill any flavor that's there? I was like, maybe I'll marinate it overnight. Yeah, okay, that's what I'll do. I'll marinate it overnight. What do I marinate it in? 
So what's the most robust thing I could come up with? I soak these these uh, these breast cutlets in apricot brandy overnight. And then I did a double batter dip fry uh, with breadcrumbs and vegetable oil. Uh, and of course, before all that, I tenderized the breasts so they were very thin. I, I cut them into thin slivers and then tenderized them. And then I did a butter, a double breadcrumb batter and then fried them. So it was one of the worst dishes, guys, I've ever cooked in my life. And I very rarely have a dish turn out bad. I might not have a dish turn out as great as I wanted it. But very rarely do I cook something that turns out bad. I mean, talk about new recipes and experimenting. 1 in 20, maybe 1 in 15. Probably 1 in 20 or 1 in 30 turn out bad. Okay? I can't remember the last time I cooked something that was so bad I couldn't finish eating it. I mean, it was so bad I could not finish the meal. My wife took like two bites and was like, I'm not eating any more of this. Uh, What else do we have? I I think we had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for dinner that night. Now, some people are about to say, oh man, see, mergansers are terrible. Guys, I'll tell you right now, I don't have the slightest idea what that meat tasted like. Because I couldn't taste anything other than this horrible, terrible, percolated brandy's flavor. And the breading from the double batter or the double dip in the breadcrumbs, the breading ended up being thicker than the meat on each side. Okay? So, like, I had this meat sandwich in between two thick layers of breading that just soaked up this terrible vegetable oil that I cooked them in. It was so bad. I don't know what I was even thinking. But I'd, I'd read a few recipes. I was like, oh, yeah, something like this will work. And usually for me, guys, that turns out it works great. I've got relatively good intuition when it comes to cooking and, and coming up with new things and making new stuff for the first time and just inventing recipes out of thin air. But man, I missed it on this one. Okay, so you had like, you know, half inch of breading, quarter inch of duck, half inch of breading, and the breading was terrible. Okay, the breading by itself just reeked of this horrible vegetable oil. I don't know, that oil might have been bad even. It was so bad. And then you had this just awful, you know, like distilled brandy flavor in between that. It was just horrific. It was so bad. And like I said, I don't know what the duck actually tastes like. I have no idea what the flavor of that meat was. It was just wrapped up in several flavors that were unpalatable. And it was completely my fault. So, you know, I went to the extreme trying to overcome a flavor that I didn't even know if it was there. Right? I had no idea. What I wish I would have done, and uh, people I know did with mergansers, was they did some chilies, they, they've done some Indian dishes, they've done some other things like that. You know, you can make a spicy pasta sauce and do a, you know, a minced duck breast meat pasta sauce. Okay, similar to what you do with ground beef, but you do like a zesty, fresh, homemade pasta sauce, throw that meat in there, you know... There's so many ways you can cook it and and get a good result. 
So that's what I'd recommend if you get a duck that's less than ideal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Now, of course... You could land the best-tasting wood duck on planet Earth and want to cook it one of those ways, and it would not be a bad use of that duck because those are excellent dishes. So you've got all that. Then you've got the roasting, which I think is a beautiful thing. So you take a you know whole duck, right? You plucked it out, took off the head, feet, wings, singed it, take the guts out, wash it or done whatever you're going to do, Maybe you want to marinate it overnight in olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic, uh, lemon juice, orange juice, um, some Chardonnay, white wine, which I absolutely love marinating poultry in white wine. I don't know that I even would even do a marinade anymore that didn't have some white wine in it. Uh, but you don't have to. You don't have to marinate it. You know, I like to, but you don't have to. I don't have to either. Then you take that and you put it in a pan, maybe a Dutch oven, maybe a roaster, maybe, you know, whatever, just a big long pan with a cover. And then baste it up to get you, make yourself like a nice orange sauce. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways you could go about it. There's so many recipes. And then you just roast that thing slow in the oven until that meat just is so tender and you cut into it just like you would a Thanksgiving turkey. Of course, the time is going to vary tremendously based on the size of the duck, how many you're doing at once, how much sauce is in there, on and on and on. You get a little meat thermometer, just check it every now and then. You know, Put it in at like 300 or 350 and just let it cook until it is nice and moist and falls off the bone. Whole duck, beautiful. Uh, other things you can do. So you take those legs. There's a lot of different ways you can cook the legs. All right, you want to think in terms of um, kind of like turkey legs. Okay, they might be super tender. They might not. It really depends on a lot of factors. Depends on the duck. Uh, they're not all going to be like wild turkey legs, which are relatively tough. But if you think like that, then you develop good cooking methods for you know, pieces of meat like that. But they might turn out great. You know, it depends, I think, on the bird, the time of year, um, so forth and so on. But so you could cook them just like wings, just like, bar, you know, chicken wings on the grill. You could fry them. You could do all those kind of things. A nice thing to do with them is make, do a crock pot barbecue. Okay, either make your own barbecue sauce or get some sweet baby rays and maybe a little bit of chicken stock and a little white wine 
and maybe some additional, you know, zest and spices, garlic, whatever you want to do in there. You can make a thick, thick kind of sauce. You don't want it to be like a soup or, or you're not boiling it. You're making a sauce, something you would dip chicken wings in. And then you're going to throw a bunch of duck legs and thighs. If I said wings, I apologize. I've been talking about legs and thighs this whole time, regardless of what I said. Take those, throw a bunch of them in the crock pot, cook them for a few hours. Uh, I don't know, maybe depends on your crock pot setting, maybe like three, four, five hours until they're just not quite fall apart tender. Okay, I don't think you want them just completely disintegrate while you're taking them out of the crock pot tender, but you want them to kind of be like chicken wings, maybe a little more tender than that, but take them out, take them out of there and just devour those things. Now, there's lots of other ways you could do it. You could, uh, you could do like a, a braise or um, something like that where you're cooking it on the stove for a long period of time. You could take them and then you could put them under the broiler and you could sear and get a nice crust on the, the, the skin and then throw them in the crock pot. You could boil them until they start to get tender and then you could coat them in sauce and then throw them under the broiler to get the skin nice and crisp and, and so forth. Uh, however you want to do it, you know, not everybody is a crispy skin person. I, I could go either way. I like both kinds. But there's a lot of delicious ways you could do that. Some people like to do, uh, like, a, uh, take a half a duck, you know, cut it all up, get a whole duck, excuse me, field dress it, clean it, get a whole duck, split the duck in half. So you got, you know, breast, thigh, leg on one side and same on the other. And then you can bake that. You can do a saute with it, cook it in a pan. You could try to get a nice sear on the skin side to get a good crust and crunch to it. And then cook it with some, some white wine, of course. You know, maybe some rosemary and herbs or a nice orange sauce. What I don't know what it is, but ducks and orange sauce go together like the greatest combination, you know, anybody's ever heard of. I don't know who started doing that. I know it's huge in China. I wouldn't be surprised if it started in China. But ducks and orange sauce, any kind of orange, I don't know what it is, but ducks and oranges, they love each other. All right, you can never go wrong putting duck and orange together. Doesn't mean it's the only good way to cook it, but you know, any method you can come up with cooking ducks, you could cook that duck with orange. You could cook it in a pan. You could cook it in a crock pot. You could cook it in a Dutch oven. You could cook it in the oven. You could you could probably pin an orange to it and cook it on the grill and it would turn out good. I don't know. Whatever it is, ducks and oranges, great combination there. But there's lots of other flavors you can do with it. So I'm hoping to do some recipes for you guys in the coming future on the YouTube channel. Um, if I, if I've timed this correctly, this will definitely air long before duck season starts. So there definitely won't be on the YouTube channel yet, but planning on doing that, um, get you guys some more stuff like that. It's things that you can see instead of, you know, talking about recipes is tough, which is why I'm not going into ingredient amounts and exact techniques. Cause you know, you can't listen to that in a podcast it just doesn't work. So uh, anyway, I hope this is helpful for you, for you guys. Check out the website, newwinnersguide.com. Please would really appreciate if you could go to iTunes and leave a review. 
Five-star reviews with comments are the number one way to help grow this show, to get it to more people, get these episodes out there, help more new hunters get into the sport and find content they can use to get into it. And at this point, I mean, we have covered duck hunting from beginning to end, from hmm, should I go duck hunting? Why should I hunt them? All the way until now, we just cook the ducks, right? We have covered the whole season. Of course, not everything, but we have hit many of the high points. So if you just came in for this episode, I don't, I didn't do a count, but I don't know if it's been like 15 to 20 episodes. We've been talking about duck hunting from beginning to end, every step from strategy, tactics, gear, what to do, what not to do, what you need to buy, what you should borrow, um, ways to go about it all, and now how to cook and clean them. So, you know, this has been part of my big strategy from the beginning to sort of be able to give you an overview. I hope some of you guys have followed through all the episodes and are planning to get out there in a couple months and get you some ducks. And I really want to hear about it if you do. There's a contact form on the website, newhuntersguide.com. Love to hear from you guys. If this information has helped you, if, if you've used it, if you've gone out and taken ducks, you know, there, there's a page on the website, I don't know if a lot of people know about it, called What Listeners Are Saying. And I've ag- aggregated some of the comments and things that I've gotten, uh, you know, over the last couple months and years anonymously and just put them on that page, you know, like testimonies and, and things that, you know, listeners have sent in. So we'd love to put some up there about duck hunting this year. We've got stuff up there, a lot of things about turkey hunting and deer hunting and other things. We'd love to get some up there about duck hunting. So if this has helped you and you get some ducks, please send me a note, send me an email. I read every single email. And if it's a real email, I respond to every single email too. Obviously, I don't respond to spam, but I read and respond to every single email I uh, love doing that. It's one of my favorite parts. I try to do it quickly. If it takes a couple days, forgive me. I got other stuff going on too. Till next time, God bless you guys and go get them in the woods. life that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv brave anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv